Stand back. There's a hurricane coming through. The best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. But be the man. You gotta beat the man. Ooh, yeah. You got something to Welcome back to another edition of Guys Nation Wrestling. I'm your host, John, joined as always by the Nature Boy, Rob. It is Saturday, May 31st, in both of our time zones. Uh, we are on the eve of WWE Payback, which we will go over the card and our predictions. Uh, we'll talk about NXT TakeOver, which happened this past Thursday. Um, and if you want to get at us, it's GN Wrestling on Twitter and Guys Nation Wrestling on Facebook. Are we getting any more action over on the Facebook page, Rob? A little bit, a little bit. I think I think the fact that uh, we've been absent from the podcast for a couple of weeks probably hurt that a little bit. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not. But one way or the other, activity needs to be kicked into the next gear. Well, one could say the same about WWE, right? I mean, we've essentially had the same storylines for two months. Yeah. I don't know how much of that is the fault of... Um, you know, the fact that they keep going with uh, Cena versus Wyatt and that uh, Daniel Bryan has the neck thing and that uh, they continue on with um, S.H.I.E.L.D. versus Evolution. Yeah, I mean, it's like basically everybody's having a three-pack. Cena and Wyatt are about to wrap up their three-pack. Now you got Evolution S.H.I.E.L.D. They'll probably have something at the next pay-per-view as well. Yeah. So, and then, yeah, Daniel Bryan, and, you know, with him being out of the picture, there's not a whole lot they can do there with the title. So, yeah, certainly the main event scene, it's been kind of cobbled together. Um, and I think that contributes, and, and really, this seems to happen right after Extreme Rules anyway, right? Yeah, a little bit. Summer doldrums. Yeah, I mean, everything after WrestleMania is kind of, you have a few months there where they kind of, try and sell you on a couple of new things and, you know, just kind of trod their way on through to uh, SummerSlam. But yeah, well, at least we got a few new characters, right? I mean, Adam Rose is, uh, you know, he's, he's kind of catching on a little bit. Uh, Bo Dallas is out there. Bo and Dallas? I really, didn't, I really didn't like his shtick initially. It was just kind of awkward, but it, it seems to work now. After seeing it a few times. Who, Bo? Yeah. You mean it didn't catch on for you when he showed up in that Royal Rumble? <laughs> had a little bit of feud with um, Wade Barrett? No. No. Yeah, that didn't work out very well. No. I mean, I think it's clear that this this uh, this way of introducing guys where you have the vignettes before they wrestle is yep. much more effective. Yeah, and I think it helps that they went through some things on NXT with Bo Dallas and kind of introduced some of the people to him that way. Yeah. 
And I know I know that they did that, you know, back before he made his first appearance like a year or two ago. But I, I feel like with this, you know, WWE network and having NXT arrival, it's a much bigger um, uh, stage for Bo Dallas to be recognized on. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I, he just didn't have a very well-developed personality back then. Anyway, it was, and it was to me, like I had, I had watched NXT a little bit at that time. It was an odd choice to bring him up because there were other guys that seemed to be more ready, like Big right. E. I don't even know if he had been called up yet. But um, so anyway, it's nice to see at least a couple new guys. Uh, that's the trend we're going to see of guys coming up from NXT. I mean, we've already talked about the Shield and uh, <clears throat> you know so many guys you can trace back to there: Cesaro, uh, Big E, Rusev. So uh, this is the trend. And on Thursday, we got to see uh, their second pay-per-view. Looks like they're going to try to do them quarterly. Uh, NXT TakeOver. First of all, on a scale of uh, 1 to 10, what would you give it? Um, probably about a 7. Just because you know, I, hadn't, I hadn't been following week to week before it, so I wasn't as hyped for some of the matches. Um, so that, I mean, that plays a significant part for me anyway in, in the quality of the pay-per-view is, you know, how emotionally invested in, am I in it? Yeah, and, and I think they, they tried to alleviate that a little bit. I don't know if you noticed on the network, they had a one-hour special the night before that just kind of went over the storylines. No, I didn't. That, that would have been good. And then on the pre-show, you know, obviously they went into some of that. Which they And the pre-show was interesting. They did it kind of like that ESPN game day style. Like outside in front of the arena. Well, I should have checked that out. Yeah. yeah. But now I had had some other stuff going on on Thursday, so I couldn't couldn't get into all that, and a little bit on Wednesday too. So. Yeah, I'm just saying. I think a lot of people are in that boat, so they at least tried to provide something. So maybe they'll do that for the next one too. Yeah, but uh, clearly that that is the only part for me. You know, the build up. That's the only part for me where it didn't stick with me. Uh, that's the only kind of drawback. I thought the matches were excellent from top to bottom. Didn't you notice, though, that even though you didn't have an emotional attachment in the build-up or the storylines, that during the matches they they were selling enough emotion to to even just a casual observer to, to start to root for one of them? Yeah, I mean, for most of the matches, absolutely. Um, I'm trying to think. Maybe not all of them. Clearly, I didn't care. All that much about the Rusev uh, Mojo Raleigh match. Yeah, I mean that wasn't even on the card. Yeah, but yeah, no, I mean it, it was. Uh, yeah, they did a good job with with telling the story, um, especially the the uh, NXT Women's Championship match. I thought mm-hmm. they they did a really good job of telling the story in that one. And they got not, some uh, celeb influence there with Hart and Flair and. They were showing Christian throughout the show, so. Yeah, and and that's what I was gonna say is it wasn't just with uh, Brett and Flair outside. I thought that was a really good touch. What the announcers were doing their part, and you know the women in the ring were doing their part as far as you know not just doing move after move, but also tying it together with a little bit of emotion and you know a little bit of you know jawing back and forth. So I yeah. thought that was excellent. Yeah, I'm really kind of impressed by Charlotte. I mean, apparently she's only been wrestling like over a little over a year or something. Well, that's I mean, pretty obviously, good. 
obviously she's already an athlete. I guess she did gymnastics and some other stuff. But, I mean, she, she looks legit. Like, she looks like somebody that could really compete for a number of years, you know, as long as she stays healthy and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, the one thing I wasn't sure going into that match what to expect was how she might do with some of the technical wrestling. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it doesn't doesn't take much to get in there and, you know, once you know how to fall, if you're an athlete, you know, have a, a decent-looking match. Um, but she actually did a lot better with some of the technical stuff, you know, some submission moves and whatever. Did a lot better than I thought she would. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she's got a good look. You know, I mean, she's... I could definitely see that something brewing with her eventually. So, I mean, really, the Divas division... Hopefully they won't even call it the Divas Division eventually because they call it women's in NXT. Um, you know, maybe we will really get some good matches at the on the main roster once all these girls make it up. Yeah, definitely. And I think it'll be interesting once AJ comes back. Um, I'd like to. I'd really like to see AJ against um, Charlotte. Yeah. Let's see how that goes. I mean, I'm not, I'm not really interested in you know seeing anybody against some of the other women that they have on NXT. Um, yeah, I mean, they're, you know, they're all training. Um, uh, what's the one? Alexa something is pretty decent. I think she'll eventually make a name for herself. But um, she, she the one with the, the blue outfit and the blue hair? No, she, she's got blonde hair, but she usually has like a like a headband or something. Okay. Might be like a blue headband. But anyway, that's enough women. So... The main question, though, is, you know, I've been seeing the discussion on our, our favorite uh, online forum right here in our squared circle. Uh, the conversations were kind of revolving around what people thought was the best match, um, which I thought was interesting that there was even a debate because normally coming out of, out of a pay-per-view, it's pretty clear that maybe one match is above the others. Uh, but it seemed like there were three matches... Um, Really, the last three matches that everybody thought could there could, there could be a case made for being the best match on the card. So, you know, which one kind of impressed you the most? That you were the most like vested in while you watched it? I would say, I guess. I would have to say uh, Tyler Breeze and Sami Zayn. Um, you know, I I came into this you know really being you know a considerable fan of. Sami Zayn, you know, based off of everything I've seen from him, uh, you know, his matches, you know, a few months ago against um, Cesaro were just, you know, incredible. And so I was really looking forward to seeing, you know, what kind of emotion he would put into this and, you know, what moves he would pull off, um, in, yep. you know, as he goes forward trying to get that NXT championship match. And, uh, and you probably weren't too familiar with Tyler Breeze, right? No, I wasn't. And... I had seen some vignettes and whatever about him taking the selfies and all that, and I I'd obviously seen him wrestle at least at least twice because I saw the battle royal and then I saw um, you know the triple threat match, uh, so I'd seen those. Yeah. So I was I was a little familiar with what he could do, but you know it's a lot different watching somebody in a one on one as opposed to you know, the triple threat in a battle royal. So, sure. yeah, I was really looking forward to seeing what he could do, and uh, they both really impressed me. Yeah, I got to say, the number of moves that I had never seen in that match was kind of outrageous. 
I mean, yeah. I, you know, I'm not like a wrestling historian by any means. I don't watch a lot of the the smaller federations, you know, where they where they do experiment with with some new moves. But still, I mean, uh, there had to be at least five, if not pushing ten moves that I just had never seen before. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Um, I mean, there were some things that they did where I was like, what exactly just happened, and how would you go about planning that sort of thing before the match? Yeah, like some of those ones that just, like, end up in a powerbomb kind of sit down. Yeah. But with all the flipping before it, I'm like, all right, how'd they pull that off? Yeah, there's one where Sami Zayn, like, he bent over Tyler Breeze. I had to watch it twice. He bent him over and put both of his, took both of Tyler's hands, like, between his legs, flipped him up over and was going to powerbomb him, but then Tyler, like, held on and, like, rolled backwards and... Like, I, I can't even begin to figure out how they would pull all that off. It's just crazy. And you got to figure the fact that they're not traveling. You know, they do all their shows in the same area. In fact, right. they only tape them, like, in clumps. You know, they don't tape it every week. So they probably have two, three weeks between television tapings that they can figure this stuff out. You know, they're probably in the gym together saying, you know, what can we try? You know, how do we set it up? How do we know when to do it? That kind of thing. Yeah, and be like, which oh. the regular wrestlers don't have that chance because they're they're moving to a new house show every night. Right, and I guess that's the kind of thing where you could kind of talk about it before you go out for a house show match. You could do like the first two parts of the move, be like, all right, so I'm going to set you up, and instead of a single arm uh, pump handle slam, I'm going to set up for two, and I'm going to power bomb you. And then yeah. the next night, you could say, okay, instead of me power bombing you, hold onto my head and do. A, uh, a you know a, a face slam into the mat, mm-hmm. and it's like, hey man, I, I think I think uh, when I do that, you could like hold on and wrap your legs, and you could spin under. Let's try that. Yeah, yeah, but I'm just thinking to to be able to have just a long period between actually putting on a show, where they could just test a move over and over and over like that. I mean that's got to add to it because they were they were borderline flawless. I mean there was only one or two spots where it looked like they, they didn't quite pull it off, but most of them were great, you know. And I I gotta imagine you have to practice those beforehand. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And oh, I think God. I think it's a really strong point you just mentioned in that I think you're gonna see more stuff like that in NXT for you know especially that reason. I was just saying that in the you know in the in the main rosters. There's the potential that maybe you could have something like that, but it would take, you know, three or four days just to kind of evolve, and then it would still be kind of sloppy. Whereas, you know, what you were saying with NXT, you'd have two weeks to perfect perfect that. Yeah. So I agree that was the best. That that was the most impressive match to me on the card. Um, I really like Sami Zayn. I mean, obviously he's incredibly talented, but. You can see so much, such a good future for him, um, because the crowd just loves him, and he's he's so good at everything he does that he could just be one of those classic baby faces, you know. That like he's the kind of guy I could never see being a heel, you know. He just the fans just always want to root for him, right? And he's like, and he he can speak fairly well, you know. I've they've they've done backstage interviews with him, and he he comes off fine, so. 
you know, and he's he's not like your typical like tiny luchador style. You know, he's a little bigger, yeah. so he can so he's got that going for him as well. You know, so I could really see him making it far. Yeah, well, absolutely, um, and it, it would take something to kind of break him out of that uh, you know underdog role and you mm-hmm. know, fan favorite. But um, and how many false finishes did they have? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Speaking of underdog, I mean, it was just like that's he's gonna he's like their Daniel Bryan where he's just he's so close yet he can't get there. Yeah, you know, I think I think it's good because you know, I don't even know if he'll you know ever get there. Um, I think he could possibly be sent up to the main roster before he gets to that point. Yeah. But, uh, well, he nice. would need to he would need to catch fire. I mean, to really get into the main event, like on the main roster, he'd need to catch fire in the way that Brian did. Yeah. Some sort I, of something on the mic, you know, to to augment his his in ring skill. Right. And I, I was talking to some people while I watched Takeover, and they pointed out something that. Uh, that really led to why I, you know, always thought that Tyler Breeze was going to win that match. In that, there's not a lot of people down in NXT that get booed regularly, right? Yeah. I mean, there's Tyler Breeze and who else, right? Yeah, I mean Rusev until recently, but yeah. So nobody really likes Mojo Raleigh, although like the kids do. Yeah, but, like your your smarky types definitely don't cheer for him. Right. But, I mean... If, yeah, if I mean, they, and, that's, and that's why they built up Tyson Kidd to be such a heel, I think. Right. So if, if they were even going to, you know, put Sami Zayn in the uh, NXT main event, I, I'm not even sure who would try and take the belt from him. So I thought you might have mentioned... Uh, let's, let's try to wrap this up, but let's talk a little bit about the NXT Championship. I thought you might have mentioned that match. Um... There were a lot of really impressive spots, especially by Adrian Neville. I mean, that guy is just like a, I don't know, like a whirling dervish. I mean, he can do whatever he wants in the air. And uh, and just kind of what they've done with Tyson Kidd, I thought you'd probably have a strong opinion about that. You know, I um, I like the role that they're using Tyson Kidd in, but to me, the match kind of lost something because. To me, there was no chance Tyson Kidd was going to win the belt, and you know Adrian Neville was just going to you know impress people with what he did, and Tyson Kidd was going to show that you know he's being underutilized, and it was going to be really entertaining. But at the end of the day, it was just a way to keep Adrian Neville over. So yeah, for me, it lost some of the drama. Um, yeah, but I mean that's a little. I mean, how many times has wrestling ever really? Not have a heavy favorite, right? I mean, I mean don't, you kind of gotta like, like throw that out the window because you're almost every match you watch, you're gonna have a pretty strong inclination of who's gonna win. You'll be right. Well, I mean, most of the time. Yeah, don't don't get me wrong. I mean, that match is probably you know more exciting than uh, most of what we're gonna see tomorrow night at uh, Payback. But I was just saying in terms of why I didn't pick that one over Breeze versus Zayn. Yeah, that's where I was coming from with that. So elsewhere on the network um, last night, they showed. Oh my god, they I'm watching, they showed a, a RAW from 2006, January, right. uh, which I hadn't seen because I I wasn't watching at that time. Yeah. Um, and so it's the famous RAW where 
Edge and Lita had uh, live sex. Right. Uh, I guess he had just cashed in his money in the bank the night before to win the title. Perhaps. Off of John Cena. I think that said, I don't know, I didn't see the pay-per-view. But, okay. <clears throat> um, so that was a celebration, you know. Yeah. And uh, it's interesting. <laughs> they certainly never do anything remotely like that now. Um, and so just to follow up on that, I was like, well, let me put on Royal Rumble 2006, which was the next pay-per-view after that. And uh, so far, pretty good. They had a uh, cruisers match, a Texas Tornado cruisers cruiserweight match that uh, uh, Gregory Helms won. Right. And he looked pretty good. I guess this was right before he got injured or something. Because I don't think he wrestled much beyond 2006, did he? I can't remember exactly where the cutoff date was, but that sounds about right. Anyway, th- so they're they're also doing, uh, you know, the little. Uh, lottery thing with all the balls and the, the numbers for the Royal Rumble. Okay, yeah. In the back. Like Tori and Victoria and another one that I don't think I know her name. Uh, and Vince, just like macking on them, like between every match. Nice. <laughs> God, I miss that stuff. <laughs> so funny. And I gotta wonder, you know, did did he ever bang Tori Wilson? <laughs> Because of I mean, all the divas, she's the one that he like has no problem actually touching. Yeah. You know, and like in this, he put his hand like up her skirt. Wow. Yeah, I definitely don't remember that, but yeah, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's just it's funny. And then Triple H was like, you know, when he came for his, he was like, "Tori, open your box." To open right. Up the thing for him to pull one out, and he's like, "Here, hold my ball." Yeah, just all that kind of stuff that they don't do anymore. Which I, you know, I understand it's, it's toilet humor, but I don't know. It makes me laugh. Right, and the official Wikipedia page, if there's such a thing, uh, says that the bingo machine tumbler divas were Candice Michelle, ah, Candice Michelle, Victoria, and Tori Wilson. Yeah, I didn't know her name. Um, <clears throat> but. So I just saw there was a match with Bradshaw and whoever the hell that gross, disgusting black dude with the worms coming out of his mouth. Oh, Boogeyman. Boogeyman. I had I thankfully missed the Boogeyman era. Oh, wow. Yeah. That was freaking disturbing. Wait, wait. Did uh, JBL have Jillian Hall? Yeah. Did she still have the thing on the side of her face? Uh, I didn't notice. Oh, God. Um... At one point in her career, Jillian Hall had this large growth that they, you know, just in makeup, they just created on the sides of her face. And it was, I don't know, it was like half the size of your fist. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, I see a picture of it now. And during one of the pay-per-views, during one of the pay-per-views, they had Boogeyman rip it off and eat it. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was terrible. Yeah, that's too much. That's all from the mind of Vince McMahon, I assume. Yeah. Whew. Talk about running out of ideas. Right. All right. <laughs> so yeah. I just thought that was interesting to, to do a little flashback there since this is an era that I hadn't watched. Yeah. it's It was an interesting era because there were some things that were really good and really entertaining. And it was also a weird era because there's a lot of stuff that, like, I was just kind of dreck and like just shake your head and be like man they were really grasping at straws there it was yeah yeah 
the cruiserweight match was right up your alley. It was it was very strong. Let's see, Helms, Kid Cash, Funaki. Paul Jamie London was pretty good. Paul London. Paul London's really good. He did a he did a shooting star press from the top rope onto all the guys on the outside. Nice. And they fucking missed him. Oh god. <laughs> he just went face into the mat. Oh, that's terrible. And he got right back up. But I was like, oh, how can six guys miss him? He was in a really, really entertaining tag team for a while with um, Brian Kendrick, the Brian Kendrick. Mm. And uh, just, you know, London and Kendrick, Kendrick and London. And they held the belts for like a year or something. It was nuts. Hmm. It was on SmackDown, so hardly anybody knows. Wasn't that the time period that Idol Stevens showed up? Around 2006. Sounds about right. But so I, I saw some speculation uh, just before we get into payback that, you know, with all the crap they're doing with Sando now, yeah, um, that maybe they'll start to work in some of his prior gimmick, which I think people thought fit him pretty well as, as well. Which one is that? The Idol Stevens gimmick. Oh. I don't even remember what the gimmick was for Idol Stevens. I think he was just arrogant, right? I guess so. But, um, you know, and he thought he was kind of like a pretty boy type. I don't know. But, uh, you know, hopefully this is just a way to to get him away from the intellectual savior gimmick. Figure out another way to utilize his talent. Yeah, I think think he's just kind of huddling in in an idol, you know? Mm -hmm. Huddling an idol. Yeah. Hovering. Yes. Be huddling too. Sure. Huddling with uh, the creative team saying, okay, what do you want from me? <laughs> I don't know. We'll think about it. Yeah. And, you know, it, it takes a ma- an amount of talent to be able to pull off all those costumes and trying to, you know, there's most of the guys on the roster can do what he's doing. Right. So you know that he's he's got some talent. He's showcasing it as, as much of a joke as it seems to be. And uh, I don't know, maybe they'll morph it into something else. But all right, so let's get into payback. All right, probably the least anticipated pay per view in a little while. Uh, first one since TLC 2012 to not have the WWE title on the card. Although back then we had the the World Championship on the card, and now we won't have either. Uh, so it's got to be the first time in ever that neither of those was on a WWE pay-per-view. It's a brave new world, Johnny. Yeah. A lot of people are concerned that this is, and I don't know that I share this concern, but it's an interesting thought that they wouldn't do this if they were still under the pay-per-view model. Right. They would have already stripped Ryan and come up with a title match to sell the pay-per-view. Yeah. But now that, you know, they're most likely going to make most of their buys just from the network that they feel like they can just coast on it? I don't know. Do you think that that might have any merit? Oh, absolutely. I, I think, you know, I think they're willing to go, you know, one month without that sort of thing. I think there's more of a chance that, you know, in the next two years we'll have a pay-per-view where the the final match of the night is number one contenders match and there is no title match. Yeah. I, th- I think we'll see things like that. And I think... There's a lot of truth to the idea that uh, because they don't have to look for 
you know, specific buys, you know, they're, they're not going to be looking at the numbers for the buy rate, um, that they have the opportunity to do that. Yeah, and it, 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 I think it's something we talked about once before where, you know, I think maybe we had a conversation about what they can do to kind of spice things up. And I've always thought that maybe having the champion fight as much as he does takes away from being the champion. Right. Because back in the day, you would only see Hogan, you know, every three months or something. Um, and it was just, it just felt so big. And, I mean, I guess everything felt big when you're 11. But, yeah, you know, it's, now it's just like, it's just constant, you know. Like, the the champion wrestles on Raw. Uh, it just, I don't know. Right. And, I mean, you know, when we were 11, they would have matches uh, on Saturdays where you would only know one of the competitors in each of the matches because the other guy would be a jobber each time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not even that we didn't get to see Hogan for a while. It's, you know, we barely got to see the number one contender. You know, the yeah. Intercontinental Champion was a big deal. Right. You know? But, yeah, I, um, I think it's a really good thing. One, one thing that I was kind of hoping they would do that you know, some other people were talking about was perhaps if they had the concept out there that Daniel Bryan wasn't going to be competing that they would have an interim champion. Mm-hmm. And they clearly didn't go that route. But that's something that I'd like to see because, you know, boxing and MMA do that. So, you know, why not do that in wrestling? Yeah, true. I I kind of buy into the, the theory that they were trying to buy their time to see if he could be ready. Yeah. And that they were just trying to stall as long as they could. Yep. And, uh, you know, maybe he'll end up having a match. That could be something that ends up happening. I'm not sure what to expect because if he has a match or if he has a physical encounter, most likely going to be with Kane. And didn't we already just have that? Didn't we already just have this huge knockdown, drag out, you know, do anything you want because everything's legal match between Daniel Bryan and Kane? Kane's not tied up with Brad, 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 Brad Maddox, Maddox, Maddox. No, you know, I think... Uh, I think it, yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. I, but, I don't know. I think there's a number of theories we could toss out when we get to, to the Brian decision. Right. Um, so, let's let's start running down the card here. All right, sounds good. Rusev versus Big E. Mm. Uh, USA versus Russia. What do you make of this thing with uh, putting out Vladimir Putin's face on the Titantron. I don't know. I think, you know, with all this Snowden stuff and talking about him being in Russia and then, you know, all this stuff with, you know, Putin putting troops in Ukraine and dealing with that, I think I think it's just an easy way to uh, get uh, Rusev's more heel heat. And, do, you think, know, I think, do you think they might go for having Snowden as a guest host via Skype? Oh, my God. <laughs> Probably a huge uh, WWE fan. Be alert. He might be. He might be. Um, yeah, it, it's just it, it surprises me a little because, I mean, he legitimately is the Russian president. Yeah. Uh, whereas before they would kind of just hint at like I don't know, but they're putting his face right up there, and there's actually a war going on right now. Yeah. <laughs> there's actual armed combat going on in the Ukraine. Right. So it seems a little. 
but you know, I guess they've never been afraid to push the envelope. Yeah, and it helps make him even more of a heel. Can you imagine if if Putin actually put out like a statement about it and you know say, hey, and that uh, that Rusev guy, I like him. Dude, that would not shock. Oh my god. Rusev, Rusev seems like the kind of guy that uh, Putin would like, you know. Oh yeah. It's like you know, we see him like doing outdoor stuff, you know, running around without a shirt on and He's riding horses. Sports and, fan. Yeah. So. And it's not, it's ironic though because like, you know, the other part of the timing of it is that, you know, not to get too political or anything, but people suspect Putin wants to kind of reinvigorate the Soviet Union, you know. Right. The fact that they had so many other territories. Yep. And Bulgaria was one of them. Oh. Yeah. So yeah. it's just interesting that they're choosing to make that connection between the two. Sure. But, um, so who do you got winning this match? Uh, I think Rusev continues his his dominance. I think they just keep building a monster with him. You know, I, I figured if, if someone was going to end it, it might be somebody like Big E. Mm-hmm. But... You know, I don't know. They got this streak going, so I, yeah, I'm not going to go so far as to say that uh, in their big, you know, first big pay-per-view encounter that, you know, Big E is going to end the streak. I think Rusev might have a little more trouble with him, and you know, have to resort to more cheating. But I think in the end, Rusev keeps it going. Yeah, I agree. What do you think about? What do you think about Ryback being the uh, the American hero against Rusev down the line? Oh my God! Uh, I, mean, I know you don't like having two muscle-bound dudes against each other, but it could be a way to rehab his his gimmick into being a face because I think he works a little better as a face. Yeah, maybe a little bit. Uh, the big man, he's got to he's got to work some of his his some of his Twitter shtick into uh, into his gimmick. You know, I mean, for as much as it's some of it's cringeworthy. Eat, tweet, delete. <laughs> yeah. He deletes his entire timeline like every month. Yeah. No, I. Um, you know, maybe he thinks that you're only allowed to have 140 tweets, not 140 characters per tweet. That's uh, a quality zinger up. Oh man. <coughs> I get I get one a year, and that's probably it. All right. Um, Anything else you want to say on that? Not really. All right. That was just, you know, while we were thinking about whether Big E was going to stop it, then if he does, then who does? And Ryback popped into mind. But it's a good choice. Could be somebody smaller, maybe. No, more, of, a, more of an underdog. Uh, Curtis Axel. How about that? Sure. <laughs> All right. Next up, we have BNB RVD for the IC. Bad News Barrett versus Rob Van Dam. For the Intercontinental, how did you like on SmackDown? Which I guess you didn't listen to, so you probably didn't hear it. But um, Bad News Barrett and Sheamus uh, arguing over which belt is more prestigious. I like the concept. You're right. I didn't hear it. Did. So when you're always you're always complaining about like they should be doing this, they should be doing that, and then you don't listen to SmackDown when they actually do it. Well, I see. I had an option here. I could either watch it on fast forward and see what went down, or I could not watch it at all. Like, one of your main complaints is, like, they need to show a guy, you know, wanting the belt. Yeah. So Kofi Kingston has, like, a minute promo where he's like, 
I'm going to relaunch my career chasing after the U.S. title and all this stuff. <laughs> like, you do it exactly what you want, and you, you don't even hear it. That's awesome, but it's it's on the SmackDown right before pay-per-view. Yeah, well, which is normally where they punt. Yeah. But they have Kofi Kingston saying he wants to... It, it looks like, maybe it's just me, but it looks like they might be trying to form divisions, you know? Like have a certain cross-section of guys that mostly just stay on the U.S. side and a certain cross-section that stay on the IC side. They yeah, could just be bit. reading into that, but it, it started to look that way on SmackDown. Yeah, a little bit. Um, although you've had... You've had uh, it clearly set up where we know where Cesaro's going and we know where Bad News Barrett is going. And uh, <coughs> they kind of took those two situations and... Was it uh, they had the the champions against each other this time, the challengers against each other back on Raw, I think. Uh, so they've been mixing it up a little bit. Yeah. Um, like Rob Van Dam against uh, Cesaro, I think. Right, and they were all they were all in the IC tournament. Yeah. You know, but now that they finally got the belt off Ambrose, they can split them into the U.S. title. Yeah. So. That, I think eventually we're going to see those two belts combined, but it's possible. Yeah. So this is, you know, I think this is a decent matchup. I like Bad News as a as a champ. Um, RVD usually puts on a quality match. Uh, yeah. I know most people are probably tired of seeing him by now, but I enjoy him. Um, do you see any chance though that he can actually reclaim the IC belt, or does the Bad News continue? If you want to see Rob Van Dam with the belt, I've got some bad news for you. Oh, man. No chance. No chance in hell. <laughs> not God, what this, I wouldn't give to hear that music again. Yeah. Uh, not, not this time around. Yeah. Not yeah, it's I, really tough. To, this, this is the one that kind of seems like it's completely in the bag on this pay-per-view. Yeah, and did it surprise you at all? One of the things I did hear from SmackDown um, that Bad News Barrett is a four-time Intercontinental Champion. Did you hear him say that? Yeah, I heard him say that. Does that surprise you at all? It doesn't seem like he's been champion that many times. This is only the second time I've seen him as champion, I think. Right. Although he might have lost it and won it back, like over a pay-per-view cycle. Oh, perhaps. That's maybe how he got an extra rain in there. Uh, I'll have to do a little bit of research on that, but that did surprise me a little bit. But yeah, yeah. It, uh, you know, I guess yeah. And then they had that vignette though. building up the lineage of the belts. I mean, come on, man. Yeah, they put some effort in it. Yeah, they did. I I did see that. I'd say uh, it's a good look. Glad they did that. Haters gonna hate. All right, so. <laughs> Next we have uh, one that hopefully we won't spend more than maybe 10 seconds on. Uh, mask versus hair match. The rematch of, of El Torito and Hornswoggle. Nothing special about Hornswoggle's <laughs> hair. And uh, the uh, little man's not losing his mask. Couldn't there have been something better than his hair? I don't know. Nah, it's time to shave him. They do those matches all the time in Mexico. All the time. Where they shave a head? Yeah, uh, mask versus hair. In fact... Oh, that's specific. Yeah. In hmm. fact, I'm sure that there is a um, 
there's there's an article, you know, one of these entries on uh, Wikipedia just about those kind of matches. Oh God, I know there is. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I think CM Punk versus Rey Mysterio, or yeah, I think that was the match. Um, back when they had that a few years ago, they I definitely looked this up. Yep, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. It's crazy. Huh. Well, CM Punk changes his hair every week, so I don't see what that would do to him. Well, he had that long, flowing hair at that point. Mm. And, uh, oh, excuse me. My goodness. In fact, I think he had the long, flowing hair like down to his shoulders for years leading up to that. Hmm. Flowing locks. Which yeah. is kind of out of style, but it seems to be coming back a little bit with the shield and uh, Bo Dallas with their, yeah, uh, their greased-up long hair. Yeah, I'm not 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 a not a big fan. <laughs> Call me when the mullet's back in. Uh, <laughs> I, I I was on the treadmill the other day and I turned on WWE Network and I was watching some Psycho Sid versus Diesel at an In Your House pay-per-view for the title. Oh yeah. And uh, I was like, man. Those are some quality mullets. Man, look at Sid's mullet, man. It was actually kind of kind of awesome. Like, it was just, it's all curly, so it doesn't have that weird change in texture that a lot of guys have. Diesel. Like, he could rock that. I saw a Diesel uh, when he was, when he first came out and he was Shawn Michaels' bodyguard. Yep. He had a major mullet back then. Oh, yeah, it was terrible. And he was wearing, like, like track suits with it. Yeah, and he had, like, a spiky hair on top. Oh, that's yeah. impressive. Yeah. All right, well, I'm going with Torito. Yep, put me down for Torito also. Wonderful. All right, now we can get to the good matches. Well, this one may not be good, but it's a little more interesting. <laughs> right. Page versus... The maniac Alicia Fox. Right. How, how do you like the build? They've had like four matches, and then after the fourth one, Alicia Fox just goes nuts. Yeah. Well, what do you mean by four matches? They didn't have four matches against each other. They've had they've had more than one hmm. against each other. Well, this on Smack or you talking about on Raw? I don't think they yeah. fought each other this week. Just in the past uh, two, three months. Okay. All right. Uh, I think the whole thing is interesting. I mean, I, I'm glad that they tried to give Alicia Fox some shtick. Yeah. Um, because she's just been like the tweener that they just bring in whenever they need an extra heel diva or an extra face diva for like the five-on-five -five matches. Yeah. So she's been pretty much useless for like the better part of two years. Yeah, and I think part of the reason why she's been a little useless is because I it's it's my belief that she is down at NXT helping uh, some of them uh, improve their skills. That's certainly possible. Because Alicia Fox can wrestle, and I believe one of them is her sister, right? Uh, I don't know. I think her sister is down there, and she had a few matches. So I think... I think that's what's been going on. She might have had an injury here or there. Um, She's got a really good look. You know, she's very unique. Yeah. So, you know, and that's always important 
you know, obviously in any wrestler, but with divas, you know, sometimes they all kind of look the same. But, but she's very unique. Not just the fact that she's black, but you know, tall and all that. Um. So yeah, I mean, I, I like the fact that they gave her some personality. I think it's a good matchup for Paige to uh, showcase her abilities. I was impressed that Paige put um, Tamina in that whatever that hold is she has as a finisher. Yeah. Tamina's a big girl. Yep. But she uh, she didn't seem to have any trouble lifting her up off the mat. No. That was pretty crazy. Yeah. So, I don't think the reign of Paige is over yet, so I'm going to pick her to win. Yeah, I think this one's pretty easy to pick. Yeah. Um, I like the fact that they gave Alicia Fox something to do, but she's not going to have anything to do come next week. That's enough to use for this show. Yeah. All right. Now, this one, I think, has potential to steal a card or to steal a show. Well, it's not going to steal the show from the main event, but of the undercard, I've always noticed Seamus putting on pretty good matches. I don't like his character, but I think he puts on really good matches. And uh, it's going up against Cesaro, defending his U.S. belt. The latest Paul Heyman guy. I think this is a, a very good matchup. Absolutely. I mean, I think most people would say that Cesaro has great matches, but just like what you, you were mentioning, Sheamus... Uh, over the past couple of months has had some really good matches to the point where I can remember him a match that he had with Titus O'Neil. Mm-hmm. And there's no reason I should have remembered that because there was no belt on the line. They were just squaring off on some random Raw or some random SmackDown. It was a great match. Yeah. I remember being shocked, and I think it was late 2012, probably like a TLC somewhere around Night of Champions, uh, where Sheamus fought Big Show for the um, for the big gold belt. Right. And it, it blew me away. It was like, <laughs> it was one of the best matches I've ever seen. Yeah, Sheamus uh, isn't, isn't a guy that I would call, um, you know, extremely talented in the ring as far as technical wrestling. Or, you know, he's not, he's not one of the first guys that comes to mind when you think of great wrestlers in WWE. But in terms of who's going to have an entertaining match, mm. Sheamus usually usually puts on something that that's better than what you expected. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I really like white noise. I think is one of the coolest moves there is. The fact that he can put it on Big Show is just crazy. Is that the one where he holds him behind his back? Yeah. I'm not always so good at remembering what they call these moves. Yeah, it's one of the few that they actually name. <laughs> one of the few the announcers will actually name. Right. So I actually remember it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I could actually see this one going either way. This is going to be tough to pick. Do you yeah. have a strong inclination on it? Not a strong inclination, but I'm going to go with Cesaro. I'm going to say that the belt changes hands. And we have all these title reigns that last, you know, six months, eight months, and Sheamus just got the belt, so you would think he's going to continue his reign... But alas, I think they continue with the Cesaro push. I think uh, these guys might feud with it, you know, back and forth over the summer, maybe going into the fall. But I think I think this is where you put the belt on Cesaro, having Sheamus just be a, uh, a transitional champion for the for the time being. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. 
It's very logical. Um, although when you mentioned unification, you don't think they would just be drooling at the opportunity to have Bad News Barrett versus Sheamus. They could. England versus Ireland. They could if you're thinking that Bad News Barrett would still have the belt at that time. Hmm. I think there's probably a few other guys that you could consider putting the belt on. Well, for the time period we're talking about, it would probably be at SummerSlam. Perhaps. Perhaps. Yep. Anyway, I just thought that was something to interesting to think about because that's what they were talking about when you had SmackDown muted. Um, Thanks. So, uh, yeah, it's it's hard to see Cesaro losing because um, he does seem to be getting the big old push in the butt. Right. Um, although I did, you know, I remember I, on a couple podcasts I kept mentioning that it would seem Heyman was disappointed in him because he wasn't, he hasn't really accomplished anything yet with Heyman. You know? Like yeah. he lost in the IC tournament. He doesn't have any really signature wins that I can think of. Yeah, and I think the Andre the Giant thing came the night before. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I wonder if maybe they'll continue down that road where it takes them a little while to win something for Heyman. But it's it's too hard not to see Sheamus be the transitional champion and, and have them continue to be a feud. So, because I think that would make a lot of sense for Cesaro. If he could have a couple of pay-per-view feud with Sheamus, that would really help boost him up even higher. You know, I actually thought we had, you know, since we had predicted all the same winners up to this point on the card, I thought, you know, going Cesaro was a way to, um, you know, break things up and and have one where we don't agree. But yeah, I go with me. Yeah, that's fine. By the way, I'm I'm remiss in, in not mentioning that Extreme Rules. I was seven of eight, I think. Really? Yeah. Well, I was five of five on takeover. Because I think we both we both missed RVD, Cesaro, and Swagger. And if we had had a post show, I would have said, "Why the hell didn't we pick Cesaro?" Yeah. You picked Swagger, and I picked RVD. That makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah, I don't know why we did that. <laughs> what the hell were we thinking? I don't know. Uh, I mean, Swagger is just—he's a nobody, and RVD is just there to put guys over. What do you mean he's nobody? He faced Adam Rhodes on SmackDown. Oh, right. You don't do that with nobody. I like that. I like that combination of Rhodes butting heads with Zeb Coulter. Yeah. That was a quality way to uh, debut him. Yeah. So let's talk... Let's talk about what I expect will take place just before the main event. Okay. Daniel Bryan decision. All right. So, have they explained how this is going to work? I guess he's just going to come to the ring with Stephanie, like like they've done three times already. Sounds about right. And he'll have the belts and decide whether he's going to hand them to her. Yep. Probably, even though the first time she came out and she said, "It's unfortunate, and I'm not going to make him hand over the belts," and then they met again, and she said, "I'm not going to make you do the right thing, but you should do the right thing." And now she's saying, you need to show up and make your decision. It's like, uh, I'm pretty sure he made his decision, and he decided he's not giving up the belt. I guess they're hoping third time's a charm. 
Yeah, didn't they add a stipulation that if he doesn't give up the belt, that Bree is going to lose her job? Yeah. That's right. I forgot about that. So yeah, i got to be honest. I've, I've had trouble staying interested during Stephanie's explanations of how this is going to work. Yep. It's kind of monotonous, and you know nothing's going to really happen until the pay-per-view anyway. Yeah. And you know it's not going to come down to him making a decision or Bree getting fired. There's going to be a third alternative. Yeah. That's, that's the way I see it going. Yeah, so let's yeah, so let's throw some ideas out there. I mean, do you what do you think the the chances maybe percentage wise of him actually having a match? Uh twenty percent. Twenty percent. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I'm that low, but it's definitely under fifty. Because they'd have to do it they'd have to have this decision early in the night, probably. And they're not gonna do that. Right. But, you know, maybe with the whole fighting champion angle, they're like, well, you want to be a fighting champion, how about you fight right now? Interesting. You'd have to be medically cleared to wrestle. Right. And then he'll do it anyway and defy the doctors, and then they'll strip him for that. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay, so so what are the other alternatives? Possibly a match, possibly a beatdown, right? Yep. Which would be Kane, we suspect. Is there anybody else? Uh, no, it would have to be Kane. Kane. Is there anybody I, I, that's been off TV for a while that could return? Brock Lesnar? Ooh, that's a good one. Earlier in the show, I was going to ask where Brock Lesnar's been, but then I just didn't because, you know, what's the point? But could this be where he says... Uh, this guy can't even move, and I conquered the streak. Give me the belt. Perhaps. <laughs> I'm sure Paul Heyman would find a much better way to say that. What are the odds that Steph says, "Okay, I'm not gonna. I, I can't. Our lawyers say I can't force you to uh, give up the belt, but I can name an interim champion who you'll have to beat uh, when you return, and then you hear Lesnar's music." Dun, 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 dun. Hmm. That would be a markout moment. I mean, do you? Unless, let's you know, not get off subject too much, but don't you want to see the belt on Lesnar at some point? Absolutely. Yeah. Who, who wouldn't? How disappointing would it be if this this whole run, however many more years it goes, he never touches the belt? Pretty terrible. Yeah. I'm trying to even recall a, ma- a match he had for the belt. I don't think he's had one. It's pretty terrible. Yeah. No, it's just been these one-off, or it's been the three-pack with Triple H, and he fought CM Punk after Punk lost the belt. Right. Uh, Big Show, John Cena, Undertaker. I don't know if there's been much else. If you're willing to have this guy end the streak, you had him do it at WrestleMania, why in the world would you not want to put the belt on him? Well, do we see that coming at SummerSlam? I mean, could we see Brian Lesnar at SummerSlam? Would that be the main event everybody wants to see? That would be the money. Yeah. I, but, I, uh, I definitely hope that's how it goes. And in that case, couldn't this be the spot where you introduce Lesnar into Brian's world? 
This could absolutely be that spot, and I would love to see it be because she's an interim champion. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm trying to remember how UFC did it. Seems to me like Lesnar was an interim champion at one point, and then he beat Randy Couture for the belt. I don't know. Yeah, um, that sounds right. Our three listeners like might not care, but there was something about that. Yeah, if any of you three know, tweet us. <laughs> um, all right, so let's just... Do you have any other third alternative? Uh, he gives up the belt. Or he well, keeps the belt and Bree gets fired. Well, I'm, I'm saying either he keeps the belt, gives up the belt, or three has to do something. So the has to do something, is there any other possibilities we can think of there? Mm, I don't know. Yeah. I can't think of anything. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so then the basic question is, does he walk out of Payback still the champ? Right. Yes or no? Yes. 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 We I, shall I, disagree. I say... No. Really? Mm-hmm. They went through all that build-up just to get him in the right spot in WrestleMania. He finally gets it. Huge moment. And now here we are. I think this sets them up later. perfectly for what Daniel Bryan is best at, and that is chasing. Oh, man. I feel like you almost lost the fans the first time. And now... Yeah, I didn't uh, lose anybody. All these dummies that said it. Uh, I'm never watching again. This is BS. They tuned in next week. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So you think you think he's he's losing the belt? Yeah, I'm not exactly sure how. I'm not exactly sure if he's just going to succumb to the pressure of Bree getting fired and handed over like a pussy, or if they force it off him. But I don't think he's going to be the champion at the end of the night. You already made your decision. No going back. Yeah. No backsies. I'm good. He's keeping the belt. He's keeping the belt. He might not be the only one with a belt. No samesies, no backsies. Okay. It's it's all good. And uh, Wikipedia is telling me that that Brock Lesnar was the interim champion. Hmm. Oh, did I read that wrong? Damn it, I might have read that wrong. Oh, and while we're at this subject, the other person that's been off screen that people want to return, and can't believe I'm even bringing this up, but uh, CM Punk, given that it's in Chicago. Yeah. I mean, I think the likelihood of that is about 0.001%. But it would be quite a moment. It would I be. Think Punk versus Brian is something a lot of people want to see. Yeah, well... Could be that he uh, he shows up and helps Brian retain by kicking the crap out of Kane or whoever else. Lesnar comes out of the crowd. Yeah, that would be pretty amazing. But yeah, I don't think CM Punk is interested in that. Yeah, yeah probably right. not. Probably not. So, what do you think the percentage chances of seeing him on on Sunday are? CM Punk. Yeah. Uh, zero because there's a uh, Blackhawks game. <laughs> yeah, he's not missing Game Seven. Yeah, that'll be funny. He'll probably be on the freaking glass because it's in Chicago. Yeah, 
And then everybody would be like, well, I wonder if Punk's coming. He'd be like, no, just flip over to ESPN, man. He's right yep. there. <laughs> yeah, if you want to see CM Punk. Oh, my God, CM Punk's on TV. Oh, my God. We should tweet the shit out of that. Good. Oh, my God, did you see CM Punk? Yeah. CM Punk spotted. Just make that the headline on Squared Circle and people go crazy. <laughs> um, I can't wait to do that. Uh, so let's get into the two main events. I'm not sure which one's going to close the show. I'm guessing the six man is going to close the show, don't you think? Yeah, that was that was definitely a question I was going to have for you is which one of those do you think is going to end the show? Because one of them is John Cena. The other one is Triple H. Yeah. Both of those guys like to finish the show. Yeah, I just and and I do think this plays into what the winner would be of Cena Wyatt mm-hmm. because if it ends the show, then I think there's no way Cena's losing. Right. But if it's earlier, then there's much more of a question. <sighs> but yeah, I think Evolution Shield has to close it. I mean, it's practically stole the show at Extreme Rules, so and, and they've. They've pretty much closed most of the Raws going forward, or going into this, so. Yeah, I, I, I'm really hoping this is a big moment for Bray Wyatt, but in terms of um, star power, I mean, Evolution, huge. Yeah. Shield, huge. I don't see how you could have anything other than that. Huge. So, Cena... Bray Wyatt, last man standing. Yep. This is a tough choice for the third match because Mr. Never Give Up in a last man standing match. He don't lose him. Yeah. And I heard on our competing radio show, someone asked the question, (laughs) (laughs) has Cena ever lost a series, like a three-match series? Because he'll lose matches. Yeah. If it goes into this three-match shtick, does he ever not win the third one? Uh, CM Punk is the only one I can think of who probably won the series against John Cena. Very nice. Somebody did bring that up. That was the only one anybody came up with. Nice. But then their series wasn't like all in a row. At least Uh, that's what it sounded like. It sounded like they had a couple months between one of them or something. Perhaps. But anyway. So, yeah. So Cena wins the first one at WrestleMania. Bray Wyatt wins at Extreme Rules. And now we've got a last man standing, which, as I said, kind of plays into Cena's character. Um, but then again, Bray Wyatt has two guys at his side that can contribute to Cena not being able to get up, right? Um, Maybe not directly, but they could do something. Is it no holds barred? No. I think they could throw those guys out of the match. Hmm. Just make it a one-on-one. Yep. You know, the referee could do the whole, uh, you, you're out of here. You know, so, what's, so what's the twist? Is this just gonna? Is it gonna be a straight up match, and then Bray Wyatt doesn't get up, and John Cena wins, or is it? What can we? How can they twist it? I don't think they're going to twist it. I think they're just going to end it because it's John Cena. I don't know what John Cena does after this. I'm I don't know what it is for me. Yeah, 
I feel like there's something with this whole. He's got the whole world in his hands. The people with the cell phone lights. There's some sort of scene you could have there with Cena not being able to get up. And the fact that his. That Bray Wyatt has really picked up more fans, you know, like everybody singing that song. Right. I don't know. I think you could really you could really make a moment there. But yeah, I mean, then you're left with the idea of like the Cena truly walk away from this matchup, which he has to. I mean, they can't have a fourth match. Right. So if he's if he can't get up, I mean, you feel like he's he's going to challenge Ray Wyatt again. We don't see that happening. Right, that's what I'm saying. As you know, as as boring and uh, unfortunate as it, as it's going to be, you're going to see a straight up match. You're going to see somehow the referee deals with the uh, the Wyatt family, and uh, good old John Cena is going to win and move along. Well, I don't know how. But I'm picking I'm picking Bray Wyatt. Nice. I don't know how it's gonna happen. I just I I think it's too I think people are too pessimistic about it, when rightfully so, that this is just gonna be more of the same and uh I'll just be the I'll go against the grain and say that they find a way to, to put over one of the most promising talents that has come along in a long time. He did defeat Daniel Bryan at Royal Rumble. He did. He did. He did it cleanly. Mm-hmm. He's mostly been on a winning streak. I mean, he he defeated Kane in the the Ring of Fire match. Yes, he did. They defeated. Didn't they defeat the Shield? Uh, I can't recall. At Elimination Chamber. Well, anyway, I'm going with it. Partially to disagree, but partially because I think they're going to pull it off somehow. That'll be our surprise of the night. So they, we got to have at least one surprise. Yeah, I would think so. All right. Main event. No holds barred. Evolution versus Shield. I think there's one hold that won't be barred, though. Maybe a rest hold. <laughs> well. Oh, maybe. With, with all those guys which means it's not barred. Yeah, I screwed up that. Anyway, there should be a lot of rest holds from Batista. So the interesting thing about this one, though, is it's an elimination match, right? Um, yes. It is, yes. yes you it say is. yes. Um, so <laughs> who gets out first? Ooh. Uh, Randy Orton. Ooh. That's a wild card. Right off the bat, I'm getting rid of the guy who held the belt all last summer. Okay. And uh, yeah, he's so he's gone first. All right. I I feel like Dean Ambrose will be first. Oof! I did not see that coming. I kind of figured he would be the consensus pick for first. Really? Well. Yeah, I mean, because I think I think they've invested a little more in Rollins and, and Reigns. All and right, that, and that I think this match needs the Shield being in an underdog position at some point. So having one of theirs go out first would do that. I can maybe see that. All right, 
so then who are the final two? The final two. Assuming they're not both on the same team. <laughs> Roman Reigns and Triple H. Okay. Triple H, H. as you will say. Hmm. What you got? That's tough to go against. I do feel yeah. like this is going to lead into for the third round of their feud having individual matches. Yeah. Because I think either or or either uh, Ambrose or Rollins specifically called out Orton during their promo on SmackDown, and I think they've kind of paired them up like in the in their encounters like that, with Reigns being paired up with Triple H, obviously. Yeah, Reigns should be um, paired up with Batista, but yeah, that's not the way they're doing it. Why, so they could spear each other at the same time? Uh, yeah. <laughs> can literally butt heads. <laughs> nice. I'll say... Hmm. I'll say Triple H and Seth Rollins. Ooh. See, if I were to pick a guy who I wasn't confident being in the finals I was going to say it would be Triple H I could see it being Roman Reigns and Orton I could see it being Roman Reigns and Batista yeah so if I had to pick one of the guys to knock out of there I would pick Triple H Reigns definitely makes it to the finals hmm yeah I think I think H is the most likely to make it to the finals and I've got a, somewhat of a reason for that. I think this might this might lead to a little bit of a crack in uh, evolution. Perhaps that maybe something occurs the other two leave him out to dry. I don't know. No, I'm I'm not completely sold on this concept, but it's something that uh, keeps going through my head a little bit. What about Evolution adding a fourth member to their team and it being one of the members of the Shield? Ooh. Hey, how do you like because them it, Because the match has been billed as Evolution versus Shield and they could pull that off that way? Kinda. But almost like, uh, you know, it comes down to the final two and then. Oh, you mean one of them turns during the match? Uh, one of them gets eliminated and then uh, sticks around or comes back to help even up the odds, but doesn't even up the odds, and he takes uh, Roman Reigns out. Hmm. And after the match, after Triple H gets the pin, Dean Ambrose gets his hand raised by Triple H. Yeah, I would pick Ambrose for sure to be the guy that does that. See, and I'm I'm glad you agree because there's definitely some people that I've mentioned that to. There have been two people, and they both said no. Ambrose is not the right guy. I think Ambrose is definitely the right guy. Oh, he's totally the right guy because at some point he'll have to explain himself, and he'll be able to do that. Oh, absolutely. Reigns can't explain himself. Rollins probably could, but it's not as believable. Right. It'd be perfectly believable. Ambrose is a natural heel. Yep. 
Yeah. And everyone's clamoring for Roman Reigns to be the Superman. They want him to be the Titan. They want him to be the guy in the main event who doesn't back down. Yeah. Who wins all the matches, isn't afraid of anybody. So you are truly predicting, are you actually predicting, or are you just thinking about predicting that this could be a crack in the shield? This I'm predicting. finally where we see it. I'm, I'm predicting that this is going to be the crack in the shield. All right. Crack and shield. I'm writing that down. Crack up your ass. Well, I'm writing down crack and evolution for myself. Ooh. I think they might be done ski. This is a one-offer. I have heard that Batista's days are limited. Plus, I think Orton has a legitimate gripe needing a rematch for the belt, considering he didn't lose it in WrestleMania. Batista tapped. Right. So I don't know. So I'm, I'm picking per- Rollins to be the final victor. Who are you picking to be the final victor? Triple H. Triple H. So we have eight predictions between us. How much do you want to bet we go 0 for 8 on that match? Oh, God. We each predicted the first to be eliminated, the final two remaining, the winner, and the fact we each predicted there would be a, a breakup of different teams. Yeah, we're going to go 0 for, uh, 0 for 4 in that match. <laughs> but between us, we'll go 0 for 8. Let's see. So what would have to happen? Batista would have to be the first one eliminated. It would have to come down to Orton and Ambrose. Yeah, it would be uh, Batista and Ambrose as the final two or something. <laughs> We'd just be completely wrong. Yeah, and that uh, both teams are still standing strong, you know, right. as, a, as cohesive units when it's all over. Mm. Yep. All right. Well... I think we covered it all. We did. Anything else, Anything else uh, for payback or general wrestling talk? Oh, I was supposed to go see Jake the Snake at a live show today. Yeah, I, didn't realize, I didn't realize it started at 1 p.m. That's the perfect for, time for wrestling. Well, I thought all wrestling is at night. <laughs> so I get online at like 2 o'clock and I'm like, all right, let me, I think, uh, I think I feel like going. So let me go get a ticket. And then I see the flyer on their website says 1 p.m. I was like, oh, well, I guess it's too late. How far away was it? It's just a couple miles. Could could you walk there? No. What, what if mean, you had a bike? You could bike there, yeah. Yeah. But uh, it's in an area that I go to every once in a while. It's got a really great burger joint and a strip club right next to it. Although I've never nice. been to the strip club. But. All right, well, I'm, I'm going to come out to visit. You can go to the burger joint. Right. At that strip club, they do stripperoki. Stripperoki. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that's any good. Do you get to get up on the stage with the girl and sing? I think you sing while they strip. I'm not sure how it works. That that is the worst possible scenario. And that's what they dance to, you know, instead of like Motley Crue or whatever. Oh my god. (laughs) That just that just begs for some terrible. Because the last thing you really want a stripper to do is laugh, right? Oh, no, dude. People take karaoke seriously. Do yeah. they really? Have you not been to a karaoke bar recently? No. Oh, if you go to a place that's known for it, those people are, like, 
freaking good. Really? Yes. Oh, man. In fact, there's a place over here that I go somewhat often on Saturdays. And, uh, yeah, it's like, I mean, you pay 250 for a PBR and listen to somebody freaking belt out the Billy Joel. Wow. Yeah, nope, can't say I've done that. Uh, they're not too keen on um, three- and four-year-olds being at karaoke bars. Yeah, I would imagine being a parent. I, however, am a 33-year-old single man that watches wrestling with my Well, cat. see, but you get to make the decision between whether you want to go to the burger joint, karaoke bar, or the strip club. By myself in all cases. Well, yeah, but you don't have to leave by yourself in any of those cases. You don't have to. Yeah. You can go where the night takes you, my friend. Technically, yes. Uh, about you know where the night takes me. Five minutes ago, I was trying to see if uh, if my wife was going to wake up, take care of my son, who was you know saying something at the top of the stairs because couldn't figure out where the bathroom was. Hmm. That's where my night was going to take me. And with that, I think we lost all two of the viewers that or listeners that we still had left. Nah. I I think they're all about commiserating with us. As we listen to the Wyatt theme that I hope to hear as John Cena is laying somewhere, whether it be in the ring, whether it be in a cabin that they've erected outside the arena. Ooh. And the lights in the arena are down. The cell phones are shining. He's got the whole world in his hands beautifully put mm-hmm. alrighty well I think that's it for this week get us at uh, GN Wrestling on the Twitter we'll uh, we'll try to do a follow up show instead of disappearing for a full month <laughs> yeah I, I'm, I'm bound and determined to do one of these special shows that we cover like you know all time tag teams or all time stables or all-time yeah. favorite uh, non non King of the Ring summertime matches. Yeah, we did like that. We did do an all-time top ten gimmick changes. If anybody's interested, is on our iTunes. You just got to go back a ways to I think August around that time period. You can also find that on YouTube. Yes, you made yes. a nice YouTube on the Guys Nation, just the Guys Nation YouTube. I believe. Yep, just the Guys Nation YouTube. Yeah. And, Alrighty, that's it. And, well, and and for people who uh, don't just like wrestling, we do another podcast. You can find us on on iTunes. Uh, yes, we just began a Game of Thrones, aka Sons of Stark, podcast every Sunday night. Hopefully, as there's a new show, we may or may not do one tomorrow, but yep, we will do it shortly after. Yep, and it's pretty money. Alrighty. Well, I look forward to getting all my predictions right and you getting all yours wrong. Not all of them. I'm going to get like three or four of them that we agreed on. We'll get those right. All right. See you next time. Until then, peace out.